Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to the PHNX Coyotes podcast brought to you by the one and only DraftKings Sportsbook app, America's top rated sportsbook app. Don't forget to hit that like button, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a five star review. I'm Leah Merrill here with Steve Peters and Craig Morgan as always. And today we are very excited to be joined by a special guest, the new Arizona Coyotes director of player development and former player himself who had a stop here among many others in his 14 year NHL career. Lee Stepniak, welcome to the PHNX Coyotes podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for the kind intro, Leah, and it's, it's nice to join you guys. Lee, what do you think of this Brady Bunch setup here uh, with, with the pictures? Uh, it's good. I always, I always like them across the top, so I'm adjusting them <laughs> on the side. I'm a strictly a Zoom guy at this point, so this is new territory for me. All right, well, we'll get to your new role in a minute, but I, I got to ask this. When you graduated from Dartmouth, we assume you were focused on playing in the NHL. But this is an elite Ivy League school that we're talking about. Did you ever think about what might come after the NHL? Did you dream of winning Nobel Peace Prizes and things like that? No, um, it's interesting. I I know, like uh, after my sophomore year, that you know, I this dream of playing in the NHL became a tangible goal to work towards. And before it was something you always thought about. And um, my my college linemate Hugh Jessman was taking the first round, and as people were coming to watch him and I was playing in the same line and, and doing pretty much just as well. It became this tangible goal to work towards. And that's when it really shifted for me. Uh, so leading up to that draft, I was uh, working at Goldman Sachs. I had an internship in New York and uh, the whole thing it was my first time in New York, taking the train, the subway. And uh, it wasn't for me. It was, I was getting up at four 30 in the morning. I was getting home at nine o'clock at night, working out for 45 minutes and trying to catch six hours of sleep. And it just, really motivated me that much more to, to be a hockey player and uh, not want to do buy banking. We're going to have to talk about our Goldman connection at some point, but uh, I wanted to talk about your NHL career as well. I'm, I'm sure you never imagined it would happen, but what did you gain and learn from playing for 10 NHL, 10 NHL franchises in vastly different markets? I sent you in the show notes. You play for major markets in Toronto and Boston, smaller Canadian markets, Winnipeg and Calgary, even Sunbelt markets like Carolina and Phoenix, what did you take from all of those very diverse experiences? Uh, I just tried to, to learn at every stop. Um, you know, your first team, you think it's going to last forever. When I was in St. Louis, I was there for three and a half years and, and loved it and was with some great players. And um, it, I was grateful. I had the opportunity to develop uh, and establish myself as an NHL player. And, and then you get traded and I go to Toronto and it's uh, nine o'clock at night. I clear customs and there's, for TV reporters and photographers. And it was just a, a complete shock to me coming from, from St. Louis. So uh, that was an adjustment, but you, you get to see the reach you have as a player there and how important it is and things like that. And then from there, I went to, to Phoenix, which was different. And uh, it was great first time playing the playoffs. So, um, you know, for me, I, I tried to learn um, from all the different coaches. I take a lot of pride in the fact I was able to stick around. A lot of people get one or two chances and, 
don't get to stick around. I take a lot of pride in the fact I was able to find a role, be versatile, um, play for different coaches under different situations, different systems, with different teammates, and and um, just the longevity, I guess, in my career is what I'm really proud of and, and being able to adapt and learn from that. PD, you're muted. See, this is my first time doing this, Lee. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm sure you listen to our show intently, Lee, and – Tuesdays, we do a show called Trade Talk Tuesday. Tomorrow is Trade Talk Tuesday, the Lee Stepniak version. We actually have to do an extended version because you were traded so many times. But did you know, did your draft rights, your original draft rights were traded, that spot was traded from the Arizona Coyotes to the St. Louis Blues for Tyson Nash? Did you know that? I, I did know that. I, somehow we made that connection when I got to Arizona. Uh Nash was one of the first people I met and somehow that came up, but it's uh, now that I'm on the other side, like working uh, in hockey, it's, you're seeing all the same people, people you played against, people that you played for, uh, people you cross paths with. So it's, it's not surprising. It's such a small world. So we're going to just, I just, one question about being traded here. So you, you've already mentioned you started off St. Louis. You had some really good years. Your first few years in St. Louis were really good, put up good numbers. And Toronto was tough. Toronto's a tough market to play in, different roles, different for you. When you get that call and going, hey, you're traded from the Toronto Maple Leafs to the then Phoenix Coyotes, what's that like to go from the biggest hockey market in the National Hockey League to Phoenix, which is it's a good team, really good team that year. But to go from that to a smaller market, what were your emotions when you got that call? I was excited. It was, um, it was, Toronto was difficult. It was the first, uh, I got traded there, Matt Sandin's first year, not in Toronto. So it was a big change in terms of Matt's not being there and a lot of new faces. Uh, Ron Wilson was a new coach. It was just, it was just very different. Um, and I went there and, and our team wasn't very good. I didn't play that well. And uh, I knew I was going to get traded. Brian Burke was was very honest with me, with my agent. Uh, just sort of kept us abreast that he was going to trade me and try and put me in a good spot on a good team to win. And, and I was grateful for that transparency. And, um, I mean, Phoenix was a, a really good team. They had a lot of players. Um, so, for me, I, I was really excited. I knew, uh, you know, Big Walt, Keith Kachuk, like, she let me stay at his house or his condo when I got traded here. And, and he loved it. And, uh I think he put me in Stan Wilson's good graces right off the bat. So I'm <laughs> grateful for that because Stan's still a good friend. But I was uh, I was really excited. It was a good team. There were a lot of new faces, which made it easier to come with. And, uh, I mean, a lot of those guys I still still keep in pretty close touch with. I see uh, Adrian O'Coin talk to, talk to Shane quite a bit. And Keith Yandel I saw this summer. So it was, uh, from a hockey perspective, it was great. From a friendship perspective, it was great as well. So you played 11 playoff games with the Coyotes, including a seven game series against Detroit in 2010 when you kind of went on that run right after coming over at the trade deadline. What do you remember from that playoff series? Uh, I remember it was, I mean, it was all new territory for me. It was my first time in the playoffs. Uh, it was awesome. It was, it was an electric atmosphere. Uh, we had a good team. Um, I believe that's the year Shane got hurt, right? And yeah, game three. Like he was, uh, he was a man on a mission that series. He was like, he was leading everyone else's following. He was just, he was unstoppable. So we, we missed him dearly. I know, uh, I think we would have won that series if, if Shane would have been playing, uh, not just cause he's a friend, but he was just, I've never seen him play like that. I played with him for two years and it was just man on a mission. Uh, you could tell he'd missed the playoffs for so long and, and he wanted to win and, we had a good deep team and uh, you know a really good goaltending. We just 
we just fell a little bit short against you know a, a very good team with a lot of a lot of Hall of Fame players. Coming over though, you, you mentioned the playoff series, and yeah, we, we were going to ask you if you thought you win that series if if donor's healthy. So thanks for answering that. But you went on a tear yourself: fourteen goals, eighteen points, and eighteen games. What's clicking to to create that sort of productivity in a brand new situation where you don't even know the personnel or the system? Um, I mean, I, I think some of it was. I'd like to think just rebounding uh, back from some bad luck I had earlier in the year. I felt like in Toronto, I was playing playing better than the st- statistics probably showed and just couldn't find the back from the net. I have two breakaways and not score and pucks just sort of started going in. I was put in a good spot. Uh, you got to play on the power play here. Um, played, played a lot with uh, some combination like Vern Fiddler, Taylor Pyatt, Matt Lombardi or Wolski and um, just sort of found chemistry, you know, like uh, Matt Lombardi and, and Wojtek Wolski were, were great playmakers, got to get a lot of good passes and good spots from those guys. And then with Vern and, and uh, Taylor, we were able to play a lot more offensive zone time and just sort of get chances that way. They're, they're two guys that worked hard and big bodies, and I was able to find some soft areas and, and get shots. And you look back at that era too, and, and right when you came back, and, and people with a revisionist history here, and I agree with you on the Shane Doan, if you'd have been there, different series. When that trade deadline in 2010 occurs, picked up Wojtek Wolski yourself that team went on a nine game winning streak and I don't know Craig if you knew this of those nine five went to the shootout hmm. and it, it's amazing how many games down the stretch for this team that looked like a playoff team but just vaulted into second place in the Pacific over that last 18 game stretch after acquiring, acquiring Lee um, and the last thing about that series of, of games is the closer that's when the closer adrian according <laughs> was born when he was scoring all these shootout goals when he would go last this team would win but lee was also instrumental in getting those goals we talk about the confidence of this team that group is one of the special groups that's ever been around here got the coyotes back into the playoffs um can you tell us more about what that relationship was like with you and shane doan and you and some of that other leadership group, ship group that made this group so special yeah, I was uh, I was sort of in the middle. Like, I wasn't a young guy, but I'd played a little bit and came in, and we we had a lot of like strong veteran presence between Jovo and, and Derek Morris, and you know Matthew Schneider got traded at the time. Like, we had a lot of guys that had played a long time, and uh, for me, I I loved being around them and listening to them and talking to them. And uh, you know, Adrian Acoy and I hit it off. We we sat near each other. Uh, sort of our corner locker room was me, Biz, uh, Keith Yandel, and and Oki. So it was, uh, we had a lot of, a lot of good times laughing and wow, yeah. looking around. Um, and then, you know, Shane's just, just great. He's, uh, he's an unbelievable leader. Um, when I think of him, I think of his ability to connect with, with so many different players. A lot of times you see people that can connect with like sort of their peers with their veteran, more veteran guys, but can't relate. Like Shane's able to connect to the 19 year old coming through for the first time, a guy with four kids. It's just, this ability to sort of transcend like that age range, which, which really stuck out to me. And he's just, uh, you know, he wears his heart on his sleeve. He plays hard. He plays the right way. He cares. And he's just a really good person. And um, to me, that sort of permeated throughout the locker room. You just follow his lead and, and we had good people and, and everyone followed that lead. I wanted to, uh, this is my transition for you. I don't know if you knew this, but 11 years ago today was when the coyotes traded you to Calgary for, Another guy who helped them quite a bit, Damon Lanko. And and now you're back with the organization. I know you've been here for a couple seasons already, but today it was announced that you're going to be the new director of player development for the Coyotes. 
How did you work your way back into hockey after retirement in 2019, Lee? Who did you lean on for advice and for help? And, and what were your goals? Yeah. Um, so I played, I was injured for like the first half of the season, my uh, second year in Carolina and my contract was up and just didn't want to go out that way. So I uh, trained, went to the Bruins on a tryout, practiced with the team pretty much up until the trade deadline, signed a contract and then played all but two games in the minors. And uh, I was sort of there. I always knew people that had done development, people I'd played with and they enjoyed it. And then that's where I sort of got into this sort of see it. Like I felt like I was a development coach still playing a little bit. Like I was skating with Charlie McAvoy when he was injured for a month and we were mm. palling around in the gym on the ice. And I just really enjoyed giving him pointers and getting to know him and just helping him sort of figure out the the pro lifestyle and how he can sort of be wiser beyond his years at times. You know, he's going through an injury and different ways to maybe get treatment or different ways to approach it and rehab and watching video. And, and I just really enjoyed it. And then when I was in Providence, um, Jay Leach was the coach who I used to skate with. Uh, Trent Whitfield was the assistant coach who was the captain on the Peoria team my rookie year. So I sort of almost uh, related to those guys a little bit more than some of the players and felt like I got to see behind the curtain a little bit on how they worked with the young players. And, and it really intrigued me. Uh, I wanted to be the, the veteran guy because I had good, good veterans when I was a younger player. Um, and then as I transitioned out, I want to take some time and, and be with my family. Uh, I was, I was really happy. Like I was really content with, with my career. Um, you know, I was glad I got to try one more time and uh, it was just a good, good time of my life to be done playing. And then from there uh, I knew I want to stay involved in hockey. Like the, all the experience I've been through was something that uh, I felt like I could be an asset to an organization. And, and as I was talking to people, uh, I was talking with you know Don Sweeney a little bit because I'd been there. Jay Pandolf was a really good friend who was doing development uh, for the Bruins at the time. Um, like Brian Burke, I had talked to Ray Shiro and Tom Fitzgerald were, were both very, very helpful. Bill Guerin I had played with and he'd done development, become assistant GM and, uh, just people like that that were able to tell me about how it is and and what the options are out there and just sort of you know help me make connections uh i don't know for sure if this is how i end up sort of getting on bill armstrong's radar but but tom fitzgerald had invited me to watch a game at merrimack uh, merrimack minnesota duluth and bill and kevin mcdonald were there from the blues and i knew both of those guys from from when i played there and we just made the connection and a couple months later bill was named the gm and just shot him a quick text message and, you know, things fell into place pretty quickly. So it was just one of those things where people taking me out and showing me how it's done and, and helping me be seen. I think that sort of opened the door for me. We hear this term player development all the time. We talk about it a ton on this show, but it's kind of a broad term. So now that you're in this role, I'm curious from your perspective, what does player development mean to you? What's kind of your philosophy and your approach to it? And, you know, you kind of, alluded to it in your previous answer, but what helped shape that approach? Yeah. So um, I think as, as Craig had mentioned, a lot of it was being exposed to a lot of different things, the way different coaches handled different players, how players responded, um, what I liked as a player, what I would have liked to have had more as a player. When I was drafted, I got a phone call and then didn't talk to anyone until I got my training camp letter two years later and showed up for day one. So it's, it's very different now. Um, so for me, I look at it as you get these players and they're not quite pros. 
They want to be pros, and especially our organization, we're going to need these guys to be NHL players and impact NHL players. So there's this period from when they're drafted until they turn pro where realistically there's there's tons of growth. You're 18, 19, 20 years old. That's Your body changes. You get bigger. You mature. You just start to understand things differently on the ice, off the ice. And that's where I view our role coming in is to help players navigate those times and, and really prepare them for the next step. So um, for me, I look at it like it's the big things are, are character. Um, you, you want good people. You want people with a good, strong work ethic that are competitive. I'm a big fan of a growth mindset where, you know, are you coachable? Are you willing to learn? Do you hit a setback? Because let's be honest, like pro hockey is setback after setback. There's lots of adversity and the guys that can overcome it have long careers. The guys that can't don't. So just learning from those setbacks is important. Um, and then the hockey piece itself, like things that we've experienced, our development staff has experienced helping to coach the players through that. Um, they get like navigate those relationships with their coaches. You know, at some point the player has been the best player on his team all the time. And at some point you're no longer first power play guy and navigating those things and just those relationships. But I think, um, probably the most important thing for me is, is the relationships with the players. To me, there's got to be a relationship where they trust you. They know you care about them. There's a transparency where you can be honest with them and give them feedback and they're willing to listen. And from there, I think everything falls into place because we, we have their best interest at heart and, and they need to know that and trust us through the process. So you're actually going to be living um, outside the Boston area. So what does a typical week look like for you in this role, what sorts of things will you be doing? And obviously I'm assuming you'll also be making the trip down to Arizona a few times here and there as well. Yeah. So, uh, traveling to Tucson to see the players, um, and then you're watching players on the weekends and then it's going to take a lot of work. We have a lot of prospects as, as we all know, and we're going to have some people, uh, working on the staff. So it's going to be out seeing the players, you know, typically it's a Friday, Saturday games, uh, for the amateur prospects. So getting out to see the players, building relationships that way. And then during the week, um, you know, it's a lot of video. It's a lot of, I guess, one of the benefits of, of the Zoom the Zoom era through COVID is that you can do a lot of teaching this way over video. You can watch video live together with the player, go over things, have a conversation, see how they think, um, check in with their coaches. Um, you know, so for me, it's a lot of seeing the player, building the relationship with them, whether it's the quick text message after a game, showing them you care, you watch, you pay attention, answering the questions, um, seeing them face to face, and then at the same time, helping them uh, on the ice through through video work and some coaching. And we have, I don't know if you've mentioned Nathaniel Brooks, who's going to be like an on ice skills coach who can go out and you know, if one of our coaches identifies someone's having trouble, say handling a rim on a breakout, we can devise a drill and, and Nathaniel can go out and work with the player and get those reps in on the ice to hopefully make that a quicker learning process. Lee, you talked about the evolution of this job and how when you were playing, this didn't exist. And you talked about Nathaniel Brooks too. And that's, are you getting to see more willingness from junior coaches to have player development people involved either on the ice or off the ice? Because there was a time when, when you were, not welcome in the arenas. Hey, we're the coaches, leave us alone. Are you seeing that change with the junior coaching staff as time progresses? Um, I think so. I also think it's maybe a different approach in how the NHL organization handles it. Like for me, I view it as the coach 
he's the most important player for that guy's development. Like when, you know, Connor Geeky goes to Winnipeg, James Patrick is the one he has to play for. He puts him on the ice. He sees him every single day. He's going to know how his game's trending before anyone else will. He'll see him in practice. So I am very transparent in the sense that, you know, I've talked to James a, a couple times and it's, I'm there to support him. We all want Connor to be the best player he can be. And I don't want to put a player in a situation. I'm like, Hey, I don't, you know, Connor, I don't think James knows what he's talking about. You know, listen, let's do it this way. For me, it's the coach first. I'm there to support him, you know, deliver messages uh, for the coach in a different way. And then I think some of the, the art of player development is finding a way to, to make the player better within the system that he's currently playing. So, um, you know, you, you play a certain structure and then how can you help that player thrive within that structure without being disruptive to, to the way his team plays? You mentioned Connor Geeky in your role. Have you had the opportunity now? We talked a lot about development and the future for this franchise and, and, and truly we understand the rebuild and we're all on board. Have you had a chance to reach out to players like Dylan Gunther, Logan Cooley? You've already talked about Connor Geeky. Are you starting to build those one-on-one relation, one -on -one relationships right now? Yeah. So development camp was, was really big for that. For me was uh, just getting to be on the ice for the four hours each day and talking to the players and then building the relationships. Uh, you know, Logan's had a really busy summer between the draft and mm -hmm. development camp and then the world juniors and going to Minnesota shortly here. So someone like him, you're, you're checking in, but letting him have a little bit of room to breathe. Um, but but you're right. It's it's about building these relationships. Seeing guys at development camp was really important. Um, and then as we move on here, we're going to have uh, you know a streamlined process for our staff. So we're all on the same page talking with the players. We, for me, a big thing too is like a clear communication. I think that you focus on two or three things, and you can't you can't have too many voices. You can't have too many things you're working at because you know they already have a coach, they have a family. Uh, they have a development coach. Like it, it can can be very easy to overwhelm players. I think so. You need to focus on a couple things, and then be clear in that and work with them. And once you achieve something, you can move on to the next thing. But it's uh, as we talked about. It's for me. It all starts with that trust early. So you know they care. They they know you care about them, and at the same time, you're adding value to their game, and and they want to work with you. Lee, along this, those lines of communication and relationship building, I'm sure you have a lot of relationships around the hockey world already, but do you have to do that same sort of thing with all the coaches of these various players so that you have that line of communication, you have that trust with the coaches too? Yeah, for sure. So that's been a big thing was reaching out to all the players, coaches, um, their agents or family advisors for the college guys, um, strength staffs. Like it's, it's big. It's, I mean, it's changed a lot. Like everyone has their own trainer now. So it's, um, you know, letting them know we're available. I know Bill's mentioned this before in the past. Like we, like we're putting a lot of effort, a lot of time, a lot of resources into development. And there's the big Bill's message to me is like, there can be no excuse. Like if we want to provide every tool and if someone doesn't make it, it's because unfortunately they're just not talented enough. Not because, you know, we didn't provide them with, the strength staff or the skating resources or giving them the coaching and all that stuff. Like we, we really want to eliminate any potential pitfall. And a lot of that is letting the players know, you know, what we have available to them from, we have a nutritionist they can work with who has an app so they can track their calories if they need to drop body fat or add weight. We have 
uh, Ryan Waisaki, who is the strength, strength and conditioning staff, and he works with our prospects and coordinates someone that needs to put on weight. Um, like a Logan Cooley, he will work with the Minnesota strength coach and sort of make sure we're all on the same page there. Um, so yeah, a lot of it's working in collaboration because um, they play for another team and you have to be respectful of that. But at the same time, I feel like our goals are, are closely aligned. Like we want the players to be at their best and when they're at their best, they help their current team win. So usually it's a pretty smooth process. All right, Lee, last one from me. The Coyotes drafted 19 players over the past two seasons, the past two drafts under this new staff. They have 22 more picks, at least right now, coming over the next two years. That's a lot of prospects coming into the system, obviously, that you'll need to work with, develop programs with. Can you just speak to the challenge ahead for a department that will play such a crucial role in the future of this franchise? Uh, yeah, it, it's going to be a lot of work. Like that's, uh, it's exciting because we're getting a lot of players in and, and a lot of high end players and players that are hungry. Uh, it's a credit to our scouting staff that they really put a premium on character and players being driven because like last year I'd get text messages from players like, Hey, can we do video? Can we do video? They, they want more. They want to be coached. They want to learn. So it's a lot of time. Uh, it's a lot of effort. Um, but the people we have, like that's that's what you're drawn to. You want to do this. And I think part of, uh, for me, is learning from this year and sort of constantly uh, adjusting and, and making improvements for it. Like things that worked well this year, how can we do more of that? Things that sort of fell on deaf ears, how can we change that and make it better? And uh, Bill's mentioned to me a number of times too, like we have a lot of people that have done development um, within the organization. And I've talked to those guys too and sort of gotten things that worked well for them, things they do differently. And you obviously have to put my own touch on it. Um, and that's going to come from input with, with our whole development group. But at the same time, uh, seeing how people did it and talking to people and what they would do differently and best practices, it's, it's a, I feel like it's a constantly evolving department for us. At least September 1st is right around the corner. Hockey season will be here before you know it. What's next for you? And when can we expect to see you back in the Valley in the upcoming weeks? I'll be there for the rookie tournament. So a few days before rookie tournament, we'll be there. We're um, hopefully finalizing our, our development staff this week. Uh, a lot of Zoom calls and get things going on that front. And, um, you know, I've, I've watched a lot of the players, pretty familiar with everyone, uh, watched a lot of games and have some ideas on what I would like for their development plan, like key areas to focus on. Um, but once we get the new people uh, on board, sort of collaborate on that and come up with it and, identify development plans and then be there a rookie tournament and, and make more, uh, more connections with those guys and, and hopefully uh, iron out plans and, and hit the ground running hard for the start of the season. Well, Lee, we can't thank you enough for your time this morning. We really appreciate it. Best of luck going forward into the season here and hopefully we'll get to talk to you again soon. Sounds great. Thank you for having me. Thank, thank you, you so much. much. Appreciate it. Yeah, All right. Well, thank you wow. again to Lee Semiak great stuff um really what. excited about to, really excited to see how you know this implements and how we go forward from here lee is one of those guys that comes through your room and he's uh makes a difference i i was a huge lee stepniak fan when he was acquired by the coyotes and coyotes in 2010 not only did he play well but he's a great kid he's bright he's articulate he's friendly he, he fit in extremely well in that locker room he's not a loud guy not a loud leader he led by example and playing hard and you look at his numbers over that 
just over a year that he played here and they were phenomenal. He made a difference and got him back in the playoffs. So um, I'm excited to see what he can do with these prospects and what he can do to help the development. We've talked about it on the show over and over and over again. This is the key development. You got to draft him. You got to develop him before they can get you through this rebuild. And so this is phase two. The drafting is happening. He's phase two. So I'm excited to see where this goes from here. By the way, Petey just called him a kid. So I'm going to point <laughs> oh, that buddy. out. Buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. Yeah. How, how did, old did we say Lee Stepniak yeah. was? He's not 39. As not as old as you. So. <laughs> I, I was just impressed. I don't, did you see the photo in my story with uh, his uh, library in the background? Uh, I, I was like looking at, it was like Anchorman with that rich mahogany and leather bound books and well, yeah, he went to Dartmouth and had exactly. a, an internship like, and the mahogany. I was like, this guy knows what he's Goldman talking about. Sachs. Yeah. Goldman Sachs, yeah. no big he's, deal. He's, I'll tell you what, he's he is a really bright and articulate guy. And when you talk to him, it's just it's you, you, you hear a lot of great insights. He's an impressive guy. Um, really curious to see where this was going. I have been so curious. You know, we we've talked so much about the Coyotes' investment in the amateur side of scouting over the past couple seasons, and clearly that was critical. That's the first step. you got to draft the right players, and this has not been an organizational strength in the past, as we all know. So they took care of that. They pumped their resources in. I've been so curious to see what they were going to do on the development side because I think this this part of the uh, the uh, this phase in particular, I think it gets overlooked a lot by fans, or it's it's just so nebulous. Like, what does that mean, really? Well, you can see all the different pieces. If you look at that sort of organizational flowchart that I that I have uh, in the story, or it's just a list of the people on the staff, there are a lot of different pieces to this. They also have to work in tandem. There's a lot of coordination, but this is a critical stage for the franchise. Even if you get the right players, if you don't take care of development, and we have seen this in the past with this organization, you're not going to get to the promised land. Seriously, and, and his whole... Um his whole list of people that he has to have a connection with all of the junior coaches, like his phone must be at blowing up constantly has a thousand contacts um, because of all his connections. But you're right, Craig, it, you know, this franchise it's known for maybe a miss on development and some players. So excited to see that what hopefully Lee Stepniak can provide that hasn't been there in the past. And it's not necessarily a knock to anyone just, you know, Hopefully, hopefully this is the, you know, new staff, new start. And like you said, there's so many picks. So hopefully yeah. uh, things go well from here. A lot of times in the past, it was a matter of simple matter of resources with this franchise. So it's good to see the investment in necessary areas. Absolutely. Um, if you want to have some more supplement supplementary reading on Lee Stepmiak, you can do so at gophnx.com. Craig posted the story this morning. It opens with a funny i don't even know what to call it a parable a, a, i felt like I, yeah it was parable almost, yeah like reading a parable from the bible like yeah when bill, broke, bill armstrong broke out to that i was like okay this is probably going to be the lead of my story you, yeah. you hear it immediately like yeah i'm probably going with this yeah so, so if you want to read that that alone is worth the the price of admission <laughs> but become a member at gophnx.com sign up for an annual membership um get a free shirt from the locker when you sign up and you can also – and look, Craig finally has finally. a PHNX shirt, by the way. He got it in the summer sale. Hopefully, a lot of you took advantage of that. Um, if you want to just try the first month for 50 cents, you can do a month-to-month membership. Either way, you'll get access to the members-only Discord as well, which we hope you join because we chat in there daily, and it's a lot of fun. And 
we talked a lot about the future with Lee Stepniak. And if you want to put some money on the future, you can do so over at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. You can bet on NHL futures, college futures, tons and tons of stuff, um, player futures as well on DraftKings. So tons and tons of stuff to bet on on DraftKings, including baseball's going on right now, WNBA, et cetera, like ping pong. I don't know. It's there's a ton of stuff you can bet can on. You actually, can you bet on ping pong? Can you bet you on can, table tennis? You can. Yeah. Can yeah. I think you can bet on cornhole. Like it's just unreal <laughs> how much stuff is on there. So check it out if you haven't already. And of course we saw college football week zero was this past weekend. And, but college football for real, for real kicks off this week. So the wait is over. Um, and you'll want to download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. And the NFL is right around the corner, too. So this is the new offer. Get ready for the NFL Week 1 action. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code PHNX and get $200 in free bets instantly when you place a $5 bet on any football game. That's code PHNX, only a DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Josh said, I've always said that sports articles never used enough parables. <laughs> All right. Yes. Noted. Maybe. Noted. A few things we didn't get to last week, first of all, and it's not – well, it's kind of Coyotes related because he is a Coyotes prospect. Josh Stone named captain of ASU hockey as a sophomore. What are your thoughts on that? Is that common? Like what – how old are captains usually? I don't, I don't think, Petey, you know more about Yeah, well, that it's funny because I think I, mean, I played a lower level than you, so. Well, traditionally, though, your college captains are seniors. Yeah. Traditionally, now, yeah. I, I thought that when he announced him as a sophomore, that was quite young. So I went back to my college days at the University of North Dakota, and my uh, one of my captains was a junior, uh, Dave Haxtall, who is now the head coach of wow. the Seattle Kraken, showing his leadership skills early as a junior. And we all thought, gosh, he's young. Um, but... I think leaders present themselves. We've talked about that in the Coyotes locker room. Everybody's just waiting for that guy to step forward, and that's when the C will be named. Josh Stone's a leader. I mean, are we? is anybody really that surprised? I mean, it, he grew up in a household with his dad, and you can't help but you know take the, the little wisdoms that he was able to pass along his entire life. Josh is a good kid. He works hard. He does all the things right that you want in a leader. He, he is he is been nothing but supportive of this ASU program. I'm excited to see him be the captain. And one other thing that changed in the NCAA with captains being named younger is that people don't stay that long. You, you see guys leave before their four years is up. And I'm not saying Josh is. By any stretch of the imagination, I'm not putting that kind of weight on this kid's shoulders. I'm just saying that that is another trend that you see guys staying one, two, three years and then moving on. So, I, again, not surprised um, to see that out of Josh. We've talked about this ASU hockey team a lot. Keep your eyes on it. I mean, I know we all know what kind of a year the Coyotes are going to have and what they're expected to have with the rebuild. I don't know. Look out for that ASU hockey club. I mean, I I think this is a good veteran team um, with now good leadership, and we'll see where his career is headed and his development. Um, but I'm excited to watch this hockey club. Yeah, lots of home games for ASU, favorable schedule. I think they want to bounce back from what were a tough couple seasons, one that was completely on the road and then a, sort of a transition year last year. So opening a new arena, this could be this could be a bounce back year for ASU where for a couple seasons they were really on the track of being a perennial NCAA tournament team. Another Doan captain in the Valley. Unreal. Yeah. Um, can we can we talk about the upcoming week and all of our 
various guests. I, I think we can say safely on Josh. Uh, it's not confirmed, but uh, sources are telling me Josh Doan, you know, PHNX's own Josh Doan will be on the show on Wednesday when when Petey and I are live from Four Peaks and Leah is elsewhere. Yes. Um, so hopefully, and unconfirmed, but putting it out there that Josh Doan will be a guest on the show Wednesday, and that will be the show lucky for Petey and Craig who have to be alone without me the show at four peaks because it's last Wednesday and on Wednesday August 31st all of PHNX will be broadcasting live from four peaks 8th street in Tempe so come on down we'll be the first show up at 11 a.m you can enjoy some lunch with us we always do a mass order of chicken tenders because that's the best part of going to four peaks besides the beer of course that's a no-brainer. Um, so come on down to Four Peaks on August 31st. And speaking of last Wednesday, we'll be announcing our next Toast of the Month sweepstakes winner that day. You got a couple more days to enter. So go to gophnx.com. You can win a $50 Four Peaks gift card, a PHNX shirt of your choice, and a PHNX annual membership. Go to gophnx.com or click on the link in the show notes. You must be 21 or older and enjoy responsibly. You don't have to be 21 to come to Four Peaks though, because lots of great food, like I said, and it's a it's a fun environment and PD and Craig will be there and all the rest of the PHNX crew literally all day long, back to back to back. So it should be a lot of fun. My family came home with pumpkin porter last night, <gasps> by the way. So I think it's on tap. I got an email that it's, oh, on, it's tap. on tap. So oh, if it is on tap, Craig, I'm not a big pumpkin beer guy, but I will tell you this. If it's on tap, let's where if it's on tap, I'll be drinking it that day. Yeah, we will be drinking yep. it on the show because it is pumpkin season, and I just brought home some pumpkin cream Oreos last night. So interesting. Yeah, and and I... there's already a pumpkin flavor um in the crumble lineup this week. And then I think pumpkin spice might be back this week. Oh, so goodness. it's fall despite the fact that it's 107 degrees out, and it's like the highs this week are higher than they have been, which is kind of yeah, great times. Great Craig, time for me to get out of town. <laughs> we talked about Wednesday's show. Can we talk about any of the other guests we have coming up? We can. Show? And by the way, Josh Doan is now confirmed for Wednesday. So. It is. Perfect. Wow. Yeah. Look how quick that happens. All right. And, Josh and Doan. This is, I can't decide if this is Lee Stempniak week with our shows Monday and Tuesday or if this is the, the Doan week. week. Because on Thursday, go ahead, Petey. No, it's yours. You, you secured it. <laughs> you made the text. He texted you back. He didn't text me back. Uh, I don't know, but if, I don't know if he comes on the show if you're not on it. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure he does. Did you tell <laughs> so him Josh's I'm not dad. there? Because maybe he's not. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Maybe that's why he's coming because you're gone. It's Josh's dad. Will be yeah, Josh here. Stone's father will be on the show. Josh on Stone's Thursday. father. And yep. uh, you know what? I'm so thrilled, and we'll talk about this on Wednesday and Thursday when that transition in your life goes from being he was uh, Shane Doan's son for so long, and for him to now Shane to be Josh Doan's dad. I think that is fantastic. And you know what? I'm sure it's a title he will gladly wear being Josh Doan's dad. I want to talk to him about the new rink. I want to talk to him about all the silly mullet videos his son is doing, what his daughter's up to. I'm excited to get Shane back on the show and get a little preview for this year's Coyote season too. So Shane Doan on Thursday, Josh Doan Wednesday, Shane Doan Thursday. What about Friday? Travis Boyd, pre-recorded interview with Travis Boyd. I had a story on him over the weekend if people didn't see it, but one of the better stories of last season, Travis Boyd finally getting an opportunity to play in a role that he always dreamed of playing in. And he, he took advantage of it and earned himself a, a new two-year contract with the Coyotes. So we had a good chat with Travis Boyd as well. That will air on Friday. So a really good week for guests. Wow. Wow, that's busy. Unreal. How's Leah doing on those shows? 
yeah, I won't. This is my last show till next week. That's bullshit. <laughs> they they were just trying to fill in with guests to replace me. It's okay. No, we can't. We can't replace you. You're you're unreplaceable. No, it's okay. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Is your concert? What day is your concert? Friday or Saturday? Thursday. Well, okay. So neither th- Friday or Saturday. So Thursday night, Madison Square Garden, Harry yep. Styles. Harry yep. Styles. Leah, do you buy stuff when you go to a concert? Do you get like a t-shirt or something? I used to when I was in high school because I thought it was really cool and like I'd buy the shirt and wear it to school the next day. Now it's just really expensive and I'd rather not. They are, right? It's insane yeah. how much they charge for I'd stuff. rather not. I did. The last time I bought a shirt is because I saw Beyonce at Wembley Stadium in London. Wow. wow look at Leah flexing. Leah. Yeah, no big deal. That is a big flex. Yeah, that wow. is my major flex. So that was like, okay, I have to commemorate the fact. So I had to get, you know, the tour shirt with the dates on the back because I thought that was pretty cool. Um, so I'm really excited to see a show in Madison Square Garden. First time ever. I've been to New York a dozen times, but I've never been inside Madison Square Garden. So I'm really looking forward to that this week. Mm-hmm. But like we said, I will not be on those shows, but doesn't matter because, like we said, Josh Doan, Shane Doan, Travis Boyd, a huge week ahead, and Lee Stepniak today. So just guest after guest after guest. We're almost through the off season. We're almost there. Hockey is right around the corner. We're almost in September. Training camp is going to be here before we know it. I can't believe. I literally can't believe it. Yeah, we are going into September now. So here we go. I mean, it's still going to be here. Start. Oh, you guys are booking your flights, Craig. What? Yep. You guys start booking your flights pretty soon. Get ready to go. Nice. Hit the road with those yotes. We'll see. We'll see what happens with travel. So P- we'll meanwhile, Petey and I will be sitting in our new recliners in Can't the wait. office watching the games with wait. four peaks in hand. There's by the way, there's not just one cup holder per chair, there's two. So you're gonna have two, two? different four peaks. Buddy. Well, or you can hydrate responsibly and then have a beer and then that's hydrate true. again. Drink responsibly. Because that's one thing the PHNX crew is. They're responsible. Of course. <laughs> I'm right. sure there's going to be a water in one and a beer in another. Yeah. Well, PD and I will be enjoying those recliners pretty much all the time. So thanks again to More Furniture for hooking us up with those. They hooked us up with this office chair that I'm sitting in. Tons of office furniture. All of our new sets for our studios. You won't believe it. I cannot wait to start having shows from here. And by the way, Way. if anyone heard noise in this room earlier like i'm just in here with the door closed doing the show and this worker walks in with a ladder and places the ladder directly in front of me and there's currently a tile out of the ceiling in my office i don't know what he was doing or why he needed to do it right then but apologies if anyone heard any noise because that's what's going on work work, um, work exactly but things are moving along thanks again to more furniture for hooking up our entire studio and if you want to check out their labor day sale you can visit morefurniture.com and i talked about college football is back the nfl is just around the corner so if you want to load up on some gear you can do so at foco.com the leader in sports merchandise and collectibles foco's got you covered with the best arizona merchandise they've officially licensed gear for men women and kids and everything from bobbleheads to swimsuits to crocs head on over to foco.com or click the link below in the description for all non-presale items use the promo code phnx for 10 percent off all right is there anything else you guys would like to discuss today? My last show until next week. Now, we want to let you uh, get off and, and start no. packing, Leah, for your Harry Styles concert. We talk about <laughs> packing. We talk about packing. And I, and I don't know if you've seen the movie that's out right now with J-Lo and Owen Wilson. Have you seen that movie, Leah? I can't even tell you what it's called. Well, it's called Marry Me. Owen okay. Wilson's in JLo's on stage, famous singer. He's in the crowd, has a sign that says, Marry Me. It's kind of 
he didn't make the sign. It's kind of a funny part of it that he ended up holding it. And she said yes from the stage. So just saying never say never. <laughs> and as part of your packing today, maybe pull out the poster board and spend a little time. Doc, you never know. You, you don't know unless you try, Leah. Maybe you never come back. Maybe you're swept away on a private jet heading across the ocean. I'll let my friend handle that one. Yeah, well, and <laughs> she Christian can do Fisher the can perform the ceremony. Yeah. So. And Christian. Yeah, how about you guys just throw, like, oh, Leah's on the market. What? <laughs> he would come out of retirement for that, for oh Harry Styles, Leah Merrill. God. The, the nuptials for oh that one. God. Definitely come out of And maybe we no. can finally meet your mom. I, um. <laughs> First of all, I'm putting this on the record on our show. We've been trying to plan all of us meeting forever, but guess who's always on the road? It's you. Oh, You're the one shoot, causing this to not happen. So okay, <laughs> when you get back, let's let's when you get back, let's get this done. Okay, let's yep. get it. Done. Yeah, I got the spot already. We already got the spot picked out. So what's this? We do have a spot. We could we could announce this. I mean, it could be just a no. a, a crush of paparazzi if we we tell people. No, we don't have to announce be. it, but tell me so I can show up there. So. All right, let's take this off here. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh my gosh. Well, thanks again to Leif Stepniak for joining us today. Thank you all in the comments, um, watching live, commenting live on the PHNX Sports YouTube channel. If you're listening to this later on audio, be sure to subscribe to PHNX Sports on YouTube. And if you're li- watching this on YouTube, be sure to subscribe and follow and like phnx coyotes wherever you get your podcast as well you can follow phnx sports across all socials including instagram and tiktok and facebook and twitter and all of it and please follow us on twitter at phnx underscore coyotes any questionable seed tweets you see this week will not be sent by me they will be sent by craig so you can direct your complaints to him <laughs> yeah just through i'm just kidding um but thanks again so much for watching everyone Follow me on Twitter at Leah Merrill. You can follow PD at S Peters Hockey. And you can follow Craig at Craig S. Morgan. And bummer that Sean wasn't here to uh, talk to Lee Stepniak about, about the fact that they went to the same high school. Mm. Um, we should have brought that up to him. But you can follow Sean at Sean underscore DePause. And Emma's our producer today. And, and Emma, I literally don't even know your Twitter app. But if you want to comment it, you can. Craig? Lee will be Lee will be back on the show too. Uh, as you guys know, I do the Coyotes prospect report monthly during the season. He's my contact now, so we'll we'll get him back on the show, and and then Sean and he can just you know share a moment. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Let's talk to him in person. Can we talk to him in person? He's going to be here in a couple of weeks. Sure, I'd love to get him in the studio. True, in our I'm brand new studio with our brand new right. studio furniture. Yep. Love it. Oh, Emma doesn't want anyone following her on Twitter. Okay, that's fine. Thank okay. you all so much for watching. We'll have a Trade Talk Tuesday episode tomorrow on the Lee Stepniak, one of his many trades, I think. And you're going to dive into the whole 2010 trade oh. deadline. Yep. So that lots of that. Lots of great guests this week. Stay tuned for more. Everybody, I'll see you next week. Petey and Craig will see you later this week. Until then, enjoy the rest of your Monday, everyone.